0: Are we on? Check, check, check. One, two, three. Check, check, Mi- check. Microphone, check. Is that your microphone voice? Check, check. One, two.
1: One, two, three. Are you going <laughs> to start <so> scatting now? Boopity bop bop Scat, scat, scat. Why is it called scat? That's a good question. Because isn't like animal poop scat? Yeah. Like, when you go scat hunting? Yeah, but I think it's just a cool word to like freeform. Jazz. Sat.
0: You're statin, baby.
1: You're just pooping all over the place. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> you're gonna pick that shit right up. Pooping it out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Pooping those words. Just right let down. it let it
1: roll on out. Baby dee Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi. This is Sarah. I'm Tally. Uh, this is Sarah Russell.
0: And I'm Tally. <laughs> this is Namaste and Rosé. Toot toot. it.
1: And that sound
0: is Tally's fucking papers. I am. I'm.
1: We're trying to be well-researched. Well, um, we're trying to be researched. Organized, a I think, is more the appropriate term. Organized? Ooh, we- I don't even know. Well, if you could see the room right now. Covered but, in papers all over the floor. Well, it's just... You know, I feel like the business of yoga is not covered nearly enough in any teacher training.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, you're a yoga teacher, bye. Bye! Mm-hmm. We're trying to be organized, that's a lot of work. You might also hear a lot of gurgling sounds. And Sarah yeah. and I just ate the shit out of some amazing, you made it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's amazing that I made it? No! Oh. <laughs> it was amazing, and you made it. And you made it! Um, black bean sweet potato enchiladas yes with, with goat cheese, cheese.
1: Mm. um
0: but we ate more than a normal portion for yeah our,
1: yeah there's definitely farts brewing or
0: yeah uh, we were having a gurgle war <laughs> on top of that we drank spindrift um raspberry lime sparkling water and holy shit that's good stuff it's really good i hadn't had it before until coming over um except it it is sparkling and i can't burp as we all know so now it's there's like a double brew happening (laughs) are you brewing kombucha in your belly right now i could be and it's so good though and refreshing
1: that i i drink it fast yeah 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 and i really should not i like slurp it and then i pause and i squint my eyes really bad because i'm like oh there's so many bubbles yeah like hurts going down almost but that drift is really good i'm gonna start buying it for sure yeah yeah, um, and, I, and, I
0: got my mom all into it. They have it at Costco, of all places. And if you would like to be a sponsor, oh. drift.
1: <laughs> I love that we just randomly talk about things that we're drinking.
0: Yeah, so we're doing a sober September. It's true, and uh, because we did like wineo weekend earlier, we did. We well, we had a glass of wine on Friday. A couple, and we were
1: just we well, a, bottle. a bottle. We had a
0: bottle. <laughs> Put one bottle, one bottle. So it was two glasses each. Yes. So it wasn't bad. And then we had some cans. And then the next day we had one and a half cans well, and of rosé. We were day
1: drinking. I was so exhausted that day. Well, it wasn't time. even day drink. It was like one and a half small cans. Yeah, so but I swear to it. God, if I if I. <laughs> the, is that the kombucha drink? So. <laughs>
0: Because uh, I can't burp. A so Tally's hiccup.
1: failed attempt at, a, <laughs> attempt at a burp there. That was <laughs>
0: funny. It was a hiccup. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, we're just going to keep moving on. I'm
1: not going to touch this paper. <laughs> Tally just saw me glare at the paper. Well,
0: I'm also trying to cover any gurgles that happen. Oh. So I'm... I
1: think you should just rip a fart it. on
0: air. Well, I don't, it's not that. That's the problem. It's all... It's trying to be... It's trapped. Yeah, so it's trapped in the upper half. Mm. So it's my body's trying to burp. Do
1: you get? But do I you can't get, burp. Um, what is it called? Like acid reflux or it's, heartburn? I
0: do. If I eat, like, uh, if I have beer and pizza, which I don't do
1: anymore, or yeast and yeast.
0: Yeah, I get. It's just I can't lay down. I I have to sleep sitting up. I do. It's bad. Um, that Isn't was that
1: like a sign that you're getting old?
0: Like no, I've had it for as long as I can remember when um it was starting to get really bad in my I don't know, I was probably twenty six, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um and at the time I was like a really heavy beer drinker and uh and you know, would eat pizza at twenty six. Right, you know? right. and that, like that was my diet. Yeah, yeah. And vegetarian too, so it would just be like cheese pizza.
1: Can I have a cheese with pizza beer?
0: Yes. And it's just started getting so bad to the point where I would almost um like throw up. Oh, the heartburn would be so bad from it. True. So the, after that, it was like, okay, something has to give. I have to give something up. And at the time, I'm like, no way in hell I'm giving up beer. So I became vegan.
1: <laughs> Wait, isn't beer not vegan technically?
0: Uh, Well, I guess it depends on which kind of beer. Oh, I thought you were saying which kind of vegan. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe
1: which kind of vegan too. Oh, I really want to do an episode on like the types of yoga people. Right, and then the we have to are, assess, like, what, which types
0: we are. Well, I would still put myself in the beer and pizza camp, not in the wheatgrass camp, but in both.
1: But okay. if I had to be
0: in either I one... I think you're in the
1: essential oil camp. Well, that,
0: okay. Then that would also put me in, like, the wheatgrass camp. That puts
1: you in, like, the new age hippie lady camp.
0: That, just, uh, that does wheatgrass en- enemas.
1: And coffee and no,
0: but I do know about them.
1: Maybe I am in that camp. Oh, maybe I am a wheatgrass camp. Her like her physician is a (laughs) naturopath. That's true.
0: (laughs) And she does have essential oils in there. Like, do you want to smell anything? Is there anything that you know is calling for you today? And I'm on all these Chinese herbs for stress. And you're all hopped up on herbs for stress. I am.
1: Um, <laughs> well, yeah. weren't, you, weren't we talking about Aveda um, hand lotion the other day? We were, like, putting it on, and you're like, it all fucking smells the same. It does. It smells exactly the anything. It's so very grounding I, and earthy. It, it doesn't time. smell bad. No, no, no. But their shampoo smells just like their
0: lotion that just smells just like their candle, and it'll say all these different right types. all these different flavors yeah that like, flavor that's why i said types scent sense or um titles of whatever it might be <laughs> You know no, it's got a title
1: yeah types. Sure.
0: um yeah but it's all the same so you're right maybe it is like some base carrier yeah it's gotta be like
1: it's very earthy i like it i like it too. I just, the you know, you just I go through these things. phases with essential oil. Um, I am. I had lost my jasmine essential oil that we oh. got in Bali. Oh yeah. And there's still like half a bottle left, and I, now I'm just bathing in it on a regular basis, nice. and I. So now it's like I just wear it so thick. People are like what, what? They can smell me come in. <laughs> room I feel like those away. are so they're so
0: tropical in scent that. You can really only wear it there. Because yeah, it's totally I, weird here. Yeah, when I brought it back, I was like, oh no, this does not smell right on me in this dry desert
1: climate. Right. Well, it, it almost like it's more aromatic in a way. Yeah. Like, like there, it kind of blends in and like, you know. Because it smells like everything else around. Yeah. And so when you walk in, it's like, oh, that's just a lovelier smell inside.
0: I wonder if we could use, make our own reeds. And just stick them in there. Like, that would be really, I bet that would be nice. And get that sent out in your room. Yeah, but not, and then it's just in that reed. So it's just kind of a... So
1: which camp did I say that you were in again? The hippie camp? You said the essential oil. I the essential oils and you want to, yeah, make some reeds. I never would have said that. But, you know, what else? (laughs) No, I like... I love DIY stuff. I'm, like, all about that custom. But I, I don't. I'm not, what like, creative enough to to be like, oh, I should make some reeds. I don't even think I knew they were reeds. I would have been, like, wooden sticks. <laughs> you know? I'll get some Sally Hansen, like, nail cuticle wooden sticks. Yeah. And just shove them in my jar. That's pretty much it. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> head to Target after this, I guess. Yeah, um, really. Not a bad uh, idea. What else do we have going on? We... We got another request for merchandise, so I think it has to happen. Yeah, that's funny. We were talking about that. I was like,
0: no. We really, I just really planted them. those people. And you thinking, might I, You know what? When I saw that on Facebook this morning in our little
1: dialogue area, I was like, Sarah, put I swear to, to God. <laughs> I didn't even know that girl. And she's amazing for asking. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so
0: I was thinking, actually... Uh, any kooky things that we've said on here would be funny to put on a shirt.
1: We don't say kooky things. We're so professional. We never do. We're right. not funny. Right. What was the word that I don't even remember? You said the wrong word for something I keep day. saying echo instead of eco. Oh, echo. Funny. Yeah, but you can't really write that on a shirt. I, mean, I no. guess it would be E-C-H-O. Yeah, Echo friendly But then people. Ooh, but not not. The, <laughs> that wouldn't be right. That would be not okay for a woman to walk around. In no, I we, don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll have to think of it, or if anybody can think of anything. Maybe we're just funnier than we or not as funny as we think. Maybe ever. we're as funny as we think we Maybe are. Maybe we are. If you guys could see Tali's hair right now, it's not a picture of your hair. <laughs> your My your hat. hat? <laughs> My hair hat. Your hair hat. I yeah, am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a photo. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's going up for sure. Look, Listen. I slept in this. Oh yeah, I had it there. It looks like it. And
0: I was like, hey, it's still fine. It's fine. I, I might as well go What public. time is it now? 2 um, o'clock in it's the up, afternoon? It's only one
1: you You're good. You're okay. Good. Hey, what, what camp are you in? I don't know. What camp am I in? You know, Angie, as, um, when we met, we met actually on my 30th birthday at a cycling conference and we could not be more different, right? She's the beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes, always done up. Um, not a tattoo.
0: Like pretty much wears makeup while she's,
1: Yeah, she wakes up with makeup on. I don't understand it. And she looks flawless. Is it
0: tattooed on her?
1: No. She's just... She's just gorgeous lady.
0: She was in our cycling training thing, I think, right? Yeah. And she... Perfect face and makeup. Yeah. Perfect hair. If I wore that... Well, one, I don't know how. But (laughs) uh, I feel like it would just run right down my face. And somehow it... it, Not like she had on so much that it wasn't... Tacky or but anything. Like, how did you you're know, not, not tacky? And not, not, yeah, I was trying to clarify, like, whoa, it's so much. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah no, no, it wasn't has, like that. Yeah,
1: but she looks done up and she's beautiful, and but you know, we shared a a hotel but room. She didn't sweat. No, like it didn't sweat off. Yeah, her. it's crazy. She just it kind of be, was glowing. I feel like I would again. I'll make an Alice Cooper reference. It would be like <laughs> down <laughs> my face. Yeah, me but, too. No, what's funny is so we shared a room at a at a conference, and that's where we became such really good friends, and um. And she also teaches Pilates, and then, of course, I teach yoga as well. And so she called me the yoga vampire because that was when I was in my really cute, I, you know, it was in my rockabilly, rock-a-billy. face. So I yeah. had great Betty Page bangs, you know, jet black hair with some, like, yoga purple. Vampire. Yeah, and, you know, I'm covered in tattoos, and right. so she called me the yoga vampire. And then I started calling her the Pilates ninja. And nice. now that's like her name for her business is the Pilates Ninja, which,
0: which is funny that that's what we're kind of talking about today is yeah. finding your
1: your niche, your
0: niche, and then other people will come to you.
1: Yeah, but how funny is that that she uses that? And I that just, is,
0: that's cool. I
1: haven't really branded the yoga vampire yet. <laughs>
0: that might be a little hard. I suck the energy out of you. Your classes are only from like eight pm to, to, to yeah,
1: no dusk to dawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and um, you just play like Bauhaus, and... right? Right. There's a lot of Depeche Mode. and yeah. Joy Division. See, I would
0: totally go to. that. I know.
1: See, that's where you are a crossover, right? Because you used to. The reason we bonded originally is because of your. Because I'm also a yoga vampire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well no, because I were, had bangs. No, it was to our rock. It was your bangs. That's why we're friends. And neither one of us have the bangs anymore. we we were
0: the we were we the were. rockabilly yogis. Rockabilly, rock, yogi. rock
1: rock-a- yeah I can't Rock-a-billa even turn yogi. that in. It's too Yoga-billy? Yoga. Yoga, yoga- That
0: doesn't make <laughs> no. You might get a whole different type of
1: crowd. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that would look like. With not many teeth. Oh.
0: Like oh. yoga-billy, like hillbilly. Hillbilly. Yeah.
1: Got it. It took me a second. I don't uh-huh. know. Like, what do teeth have to do with yoga? <laughs> nothing. Yeah, so, I don't know. I... I think my niche in yoga, niche, niche, niche. Oh, boy. I know. It's one of those words. But what camp read. are you in? Oh, so, I don't know. Um, um, I've come up with three. You know, you know, what I think I don't love is when I'm usually dressed up for yoga classes or I'm teaching at a festival, I usually have three or four layers of tops on and... You
0: are, you do.
1: necklaces. You do have a lot of bling and... Uh-huh. Layers not in a Stevie Nicks kind of way, but oh, well, like maybe. in a... <laughs> <laughs> but in a, I'm really cold outside? No. Uh, more like I lived in Seattle and I know how to layer wool really well. I think
0: maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it
1: no, so I don't know. I, but I also feel like a lot of my style... Is like when I I feel like I'm more of a sporty spice. like I do like right now well I'm actually in a really cute top with a fucking sports bra under it and like well the top is barely your boobs are hanging
0: out well of, you know of the top. it's well, not good your radio sports bra, your sports bra is hanging out yeah. of your top. Mm-hmm. the top is so low that you're
1: well you know, much not. and it's got an open back so it's really cute it is cute I know it is so uh, I don't know what I am
0: so I was gonna ask you a question, but then I realized we were um, on air. Oh, tell me, tell me. No. Ask it, cause I can always edit it out.
1: Oh, that's true. Okay.
0: Did did the cute boy show up to the class? Today? Oh my
1: god! Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's so funny. So I got it's really have right. a crush. I do. Um, no, it's just really funny because um, there's this this new studio. Well, it's not new. I think it's been open for two years, but it's, it's new to me. It's this new yeah. studio that I've been going to, and I'm obsessed with the classes and. Since the first day I've been I'm like doing literally like this is my fifth day in a row, I think, and and I keep seeing this guy with the beard with like tattoos, he's like keeps showing up in my class. That narrows it down in Denver? Yeah, so like every man you've ever seen walking down Broadway <laughs> yeah. or on Cap Hill. Right. Uh so well and he looks like he showers. He's very clean cut. So um, like he definitely is a suburban okay. guy, yeah. For sure. Because the studio is actually in the suburbs. I was going to say, in the location would mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I saw Broomfield. Uh, oh, I don't want to say exactly where it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was there with a girl yesterday. But anyway, yeah, he's super cute. Could have cute. been
0: his cousin coming to visit. I
1: think he might have slapped her ass. So that oh. would have been a really weird cousin relationship. But no, so he he, uh, he he ends up, like, this is the third day we're in there together, and he's on the bike right next to me. You're assigned bikes, which I really love because there's no, like, stress of, like, where do I want to be? Oh, my God. Like, it's not like trying to find a place or, to eat lunch.
0: Yeah, or, 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 like, people really love sitting in the, the back same corner every time. Some, yeah. And yeah and get, so get so really upset. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They get upset if you're
1: in their yeah. bike. Like or, normal. yeah, or their yoga mat or, you yeah. know, wherever you're That's at. to be wherever. So, yeah. So, he, his bike is right next to mine. And I was struggling hard in this class and I swear to God, I looked real cute when I got in there and then <laughs> I'm right next to a mirror and I remember looking over and just being like, Oh dear God. And I am i can feel the sweat like flying off of me and I just know he was taking like a Sarah sweat shower like the whole time. <laughs> So um Well have yeah. already gotten that out of the way, I know. So, uh. so yeah, he was there this morning. But I had to duck out of class a little bit early too, so I couldn't like wander around and stalk him. Why? Um, I just needed to get some stuff done here, so I left. Um the class is split up and so I told the instructor ahead of time, which you should always do. Don't ever just walk yes, out of the class. Please do that because if you walk out we don't know if you We just think you're an asshole. Uh, I was going to say we don't know if you're feeling sick. <laughs> no, usually <I> can tell <laughs> if people are feeling sick. Like, I know, teaching but teaching hot just, yoga, I really oh, am sure. aware of that now. But um, and you know, I'm cycling, but no, I I usually I and here's the thing, I am like the first teacher to walk out of shitty classes. <laughs> Well, and so that's what you think is happening
0: yeah. in your class. so I assume that that's what they're yeah. doing is they don't and want you to in the class. And you think it's a shitty class, but somebody next to you, might that might be their favorite teacher. Oh, I know, and then so, I want to
1: teach them what real things well, are.
0: And then the, the other thing to that is, is if you leave, now the door
1: is unlocked to the studio, so... Well, and that's why you have to have... Well, yeah. I think there needs to be, like, locking mechanisms on the door. I mean, Make that's sure a studio the, thing. Right. And, or there should be a person at the front desk because you could walk out of that room... And grab somebody's wallet and leave if you wanted to. Yeah, More and more places have lockers, though, too, I've noticed.
0: Yeah, but smaller studios aren't really equipped that way all the time. So, I mean, it's just proper etiquette, too, because you don't know what's going on. And if you just say... But I do notice a lot of times, and I feel like because it's so uncomfortable for people, that they leave just before Shavasana. Oh, I can't. Or or sit up while you're waking people back up. That's... If we're going to talk irritation, if, if we're going to segue into something irritating, irritating yeah, etiquette, I, I, that I feel... Should
1: we do a whole podcast on etiquette?
0: Yeah, Write that down. Write it down. Etiquette. Okay, so then I'll leave... Yeah, you fucking save that shit. I'll, I'll leave it alone. So um, um, we still haven't decided what camp you're in because well, you're not telling.
1: I don't know. I just, I said I'm the, the girl with all the sweaters. and necklaces but like what what kind of yoga so like you have like the woo woo hippie I do bring I do bring essential oils into my class I do like I make fun of you but I really do all that stuff I I don't I'm very like commanding and demanding in my classes too like we know that and it's not just in your classes so (laughs) I have a lot of um, yeah I bring a lot of masculine tendencies like the power side of my assertiveness is Mm -hmm. is present so yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think the older I get and the longer I've been teaching, um, the less bullshit I'm willing to put up with as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So maybe more like a no-nonsense teacher. Like, I won't let you chaturanga if that is not in the practice at that moment. You know, like, if I'm telling people to move from a plank to an upward dog and you throw a fucking chaturanga in there, I'm going to be venomous towards you. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah, I, you know, it's like I've designed this class a certain way and I'm trying to give you you know like maybe you don't know if we're backbending later and I might need to to really be ready for something else. I you don't and know And instead if,
0: you're doing another pose. Yeah, instead. and it's like
1: maybe I don't want you to wear out your wrists because we're gonna be handstanding later. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like
0: Would it be better to say, hey, we're not gonna do a lot of chaturangas today because we're gonna oh, yeah, save our I'll, wrists for this. But I, I agree. I, I do, but I don't
1: ever tell them where we're going. I want that to always be a surprise. Well, true or well, or just say we're gonna limit our wrists for yeah. this. But I've noticed being in a power studio, you know, this is the first time I've ever taught at a power studio. And I mean, I've done trainings at them and stuff. And I usually up level, like I shouldn't say up level because we've talked about that being a word that's used improperly too, but Mm -hmm. you know, like make it more powerful. And if you add that vinyasa, you know, it can wear you out faster kind of thing. Sure does. My goal isn't to wear you out faster. My goal is to make sure that you're proper, properly equipped to get where I want you to go in the practice. Right. And so, yeah, no, I get, I get cranky about that kind of stuff, but The students, I have students that know that and love it, and I think that's why they show up. And then the students that are offended by it, like, I don't want it in my class anyway, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because it's not working. And
0: so they need to find a teacher that works better for them. Find a teacher
1: that doesn't want to control the room, and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's more of a a respect thing. If I wanted you to chat around right now, I would tell you. Yeah. And I understand that it's your practice. And here's the other thing about the way I teach. I give a lot of freedom at certain points in the class. So I'm not saying I am a dictator and you have to do it this way. I'm saying this is the method that we're using right now because of this other thing that we're going to do. And then I'll give them a free flow and it's like, you can do whatever you want in this five minutes or you can do whatever you want here. Or as the practice progresses, if you're still feeling like you want to do this, now's your chance to add it in here. We'll meet in five breaths in this other pose. You know, so I feel like there's a, there's become a better way to maneuver around it. And I think part of that is, you know, I came from a teacher who is very, um, rigid in the, in, in that structure of mm-hmm. you follow what I say and you do what I say and I'll get you where you want to go. But it, you know, if you're going to just do whatever you want, then go do your own practice somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of where I've gotten that. Um,
0: I feel that way too, just because it's, You showed up to the class to be taught, and then now you are... You came to me as the expert. Yeah, um, and maybe they're just not feeling the class you had out for them. Maybe that's it, too, but it it still is just an hour, and you can do that practice at home as well if you didn't feel like you got exactly what you needed. Um, I, I know in my classes, one, because they're so short, and two, I just notice... So many injuries just doing yeah. like the vinyasa just chaturanga into up dog to down dog so i don't even teach it thank god and um and i, I tell my students that because i'll see some go into that and it's mm-hmm. like you know i if you think your practice is strong enough um then by all means add it i won't teach it myself because even i will get shoulder injuries when I do it. Especially if I do it too, like, in a power class. Oh, and you're
1: doing it, that repetition isn't always good for you. Yeah, I inevitably have to wear the
0: KT tape if I go to, uh... Several classes in a row and mm-hmm. do those power flow and and then I'm not listening to my body because then ego gets in the way and I think we've talked about that before oh, yeah. where um like, like oh no I'm gonna do hurt. that yeah mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not gonna let this person show me up and mm-hmm. um and then I'm ultimately the one that gets injured
1: because I'm doing it too fast and well, doing and it wrong also like you're teaching a hybrid class so you're coming from a very vigorous workout where the body's not stretched out at all no it's very warm yeah so that's you got that going for you but if you're huddled over a bike and somebody has improper form on the bike anyway right their shoulders are probably rounded their pelvis is probably tilted forward and so you know you're probably not even in a space from an alignment perspective where you can even get all the way up so like i just you know good sphinx poses Good, right. like, like, heart-melting That's poses. That's exactly like, what I bring do. on I those, especially after being on the bike. But right. I do. I try to switch up what I do for the connect- connecting vinyasas. As you know, like, yeah. you know, sometimes you'll do three or four different styles of connecting vinyasa mm-hmm. in my class, and, and I, I prefer that. I I had some teacher trainees um, do their final class. They, they taught co-taught together, and their connecting vinyasa, which I thought was brilliant, it didn't even occur to me. Um, I mean, it is, in a, in a sense, a connecting vinyasa is... They did a, their whole entire class, um, revolved around Tadasana and that being the stand, you know, nice. goes, and most of my classes revolve around down dog, but their uh-huh. class was revolving around Tadasana. And so their forward fold to a half lift, they invited in a, like more of a shoulder squeeze back bend nice. and like lengthening of the front side of the body. Uh wow. instead and I really loved that and I I was like wow I've been teaching I might be doing that on Wednesday and Thursday I know right <laughs> but I mean I've been teaching this long and I, I, I never never thought thought it. Never I've never taught that never I've definitely you know I teach up and down all the time but yeah um for them to insert that into what you know when they're building their chroma sequence and section or wave of the class it was just mm-hmm. really unique I, I I can't I mean Hundreds of students, and I've never seen anybody do that, and so props mm. to them. Yeah, yeah. they nice. also like. they also knew that I like things be creative, and I said, surprise me, and they did. Yeah, so nice. But yeah, so speaking of uh, surprises, <laughs> <laughs> you're pregnant. Oh, god, no, um, that's impossible. <laughs> My I definitely, just kidding. Um, but no, that's why it would be a surprise. <laughs> No, we are uh we're gonna touch on what we were touching on last week. We we're talking about kinda of the business of yoga and I think like we just have so much information, so many thoughts and this is a passion of mine and I know that mm-hmm. you've really had to you know, you've you've kinda learned to tailor your business and stuff as well. Yeah,
0: because you can't well when you just get out of training uh and you you're basically, you don't know who you are yet, really, as a teacher, no. unless unless you're, you've been practicing for a really long time and you really do have that dialed in. But I feel like that's not most people. And I know my practice has changed through the years, as has my teaching mm-hmm. styles. And I, I feel like that is so important to figure out who you are because you may have taken this training... Uh, Because it's the studio you go to or you like that teacher. But that's not necessarily how you teach. So you can't really market yourself like they do because you're actually not really teaching that same way. Yeah. Um, And so it's something to really think about and uh, learn about yourself on who you are as a teacher and who you're inviting into your class or studio. If you're a studio owner, are you more vampire punk rock rockabilly <laughs> yoga studio like yours or was it is it more of a woo woo right but you still brought in the spiritual side of things too but I
1: let I'm like I call it like the gateway drug like it's the the spiritual side it's like I have it and I'm gonna bring it myself yeah I'm not gonna vomit it all over you in class I'm gonna I'm gonna let you think uh, on your own, and if yeah. if you come up to me afterwards and you need resources or a guide, or hey, when you said this one thing, what did you mean by that? Because I slide in, all, like Dharma and all of that, yeah, over and over again. But unless you're listening and paying attention, it, it just depends on how deep you want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know some teachers don't theme at all, and I think it's totally absurd because you know, we're all on a mission. If we're Mm -hmm. just all just moving and breathing together, that you know, I don't feel like we're accomplishing as much as if we're trying to actually like, you know, consciously heal ourselves, heal the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whether you do that through a, you know, quote unquote God or not, that's, uh, that's up to you as a student. I know that I would have been very uncomfortable with any kind of like conversation about, uh, Ganesh or Hanuman, or you know, any kind of myrti in my very first few yoga classes, I would have been totally uncomfortable by it. Mm. Um, curious, yes, but I would have been like, Why well, I just want to, you know, because I was there for the workout or whatever. Right. First. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even remember what we're talking about, but uh, I but mean, marketing. Today, well, yeah, so is we talked a little one. bit about marketing, but I think today what we really wanted to talk about is like, how do we actually make a living? As a yoga teacher right hmm and you know it's funny because as I've been as a studio owner and as a student and a teacher and uh, you know there's a there's a, a line that we have to walk like how do you how do you make a living in a spiritual practice and a lot of people just think that yoga classes should be free right right and do you remember one of the one things that I tried really hard to ingrain in everyone about teaching free classes
0: um, I, I remember you said, don't ever teach a free class. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here, even, um, a week free at yeah. a studio, oh, God, you no. say at least do like $30 or, or like $15 for two weeks, like a dollar a day at yeah. least or something. That'll... There,
1: you're doing energy and money are the same thing. There's an energy exchange. I'm giving you my energy and the knowledge that I've gleaned over my years of teaching mm-hmm. and You know, like I need something for that. And I've, I've been doing a lot of reading on like whether or not you should be able to charge for a spiritual practice. I mean, technically you could look at it, um, like from Reiki, what's the, what what do we learn in Reiki training is that it's everywhere. It -hmm. should be accessible to all, right? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't just because it should be accessible to all and it's everywhere that energy, it doesn't mean that you don't have to pay to learn how to harness it. Right. And I think that's the big difference, you know, differentiation. It's like you can go for a hike and sit in nature and feel the presence of God and the spiritual wellness inside you and breathe and sit on a rock. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's shit that you and I do all the time. But when it comes to, um, well, I want to harness this energy a little bit more. So I'm going to show up to a yoga class, um, or show up to a private session or do a teacher training I'm going to have to pay for that knowledge because all the knowledge is there. You can feel it, um, you know, in your body, you can breathe it. You can sit there and and feel the presence of the spiritual practice. Um, and you can even like go home, watch some free videos on YouTube, right? Which Mm -hmm. are fantastic. I love that it's so available, but eventually you're going to want to grow. And in order for you to grow, you're going to have to put some time and energy in and that means that you have to go to somebody who's put in more time and energy than right, you. Right, right. And that, that time is money. That education that they received is money. Um, I mean, let's face it. Not. I don't know a single yoga teacher that got into it for the money, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get into it to supplement their income, and that's okay. Right. But it's not because they're looking for a part-time job, and they could have just gone and worked at a gas station. Right, because of the amount that's put into training is... Yeah. Such a lot.
0: <laughs> it's a big investment.
1: And I do question how many just regular run-of-the-mill teachers actually recoup their investments. I know I know a, a gal who has, I mean, just from the trainings that I know she's done, she's probably put in twelve fifteen thousand dollars 15000 in training. She's a oh full-time gosh. teacher, uh, and she's been a full-time teacher for about a decade. But if you were to, like, average that out over $1,000 a year over the decade that she, you know... A thousand fifteen hundred dollars a year over the last decade, you know, that's a pretty big expense on mm-hmm. top of the money she spends, um, you know, getting to and from places, right. her marketing, you know, her time as a marketer. I mean, we, we forget those things as a, as a teacher that we have to, you know, our, our time is money and it's, it's precious. So knowing that, that there's an energy exchange, I think is really important. So, I mean, I guess the, the main question that we're trying to ask, ask today is, um, how do we make a living in a spiritual practice? And especially in the West, um, this spiritual practice comes in a physical form primarily, right? Yeah, it does. So... I think initially it does
0: for most people. And then they can go and well, their yeah, own, they, But like that, you're expanding and
1: growing. But I think initially out here, it's a physical... Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm seeing more meditation studios starting to pop up now. Yeah. But that being said, you're still going to a physical place. So somebody's paying rent on that space. Right. So you're, you know... You gotta keep the lights on, you've gotta pay rent. Right and and you're learning. I mean, I um, you know, I know someone right now who's really working on learning to breathe better and meditate and get that as a part of his daily practice. And, you know, I think we as practitioners who've been doing it for a long time take that for granted. I know that I do, and then I pa- you know, like I'm glad that I have my morning meditation that I do and I can pause and do a meditation when I need to, but that's It's sad that we live in a culture, in a society, where we have to relearn how to breathe. You know. It is.
0: I know, and it's so true, though. Yeah. It really is. And being able to take that off the mat and in the car. Yeah. So what what does that mean? Like when we say, like, to take our practice off the mat. Um, well, I think in that instance, even just something as basic as breathing, because we're pressed for time. Somebody's making us annoyed in front of us and things like that. So if you just take that moment to really breathe, yeah. breathe deeper than you were before, one, you're not thinking about. The idiot in front of you anymore, right? And you're sending that receptor to the brain to calm down because it's really not worth getting angry or upset over. And then now, now your stress level is elevated before you even get to work. And then now you're right. at work and your stress is getting just piling on. And then you're that guy, yeah. And so it's like, well, if you just take that moment to breathe and relax, then that right there is just changing your whole perspective of the day or yeah. even just switching that perspective. And instead of calling the car in front of you an idiot, just saying, okay, well maybe they're not paying attention. That's yeah. not on me. I'm paying attention. You know, to them." Or you, something, know, you know, it's funny.
1: This is off topic, but I mean, and we never digress. So ever, uh, but you know, I don't know when it was, but maybe it, it has to have been associated somehow with my yoga practice getting deeper. But I know that when I see road rage and I get cranky drivers in front of me, and don't get me wrong, I, I become a cranky driver every now and then, yeah, we all but do. I pause and I'm like, wow, that person is having a much worse day than me. Yep. I so you know too. what? Take that spot in line. Yeah. Flip me off, drive erratically around me and you know, hopefully everyone else is going to recognize that you're having a shitty day too and we'll get out of your way right now. But I and that I hope a cop pulls you over. Karma. <laughs> no, but I uh, I really started looking at it that way, and it changed my whole perspective. And I I'm I can only say that it probably had to do with my yoga practice. I
0: I would agree with that too, because otherwise I would. You know, flip them off back or right. something like that. I'm like, what? Or slow way down or say, I'm on the brakes or something like that. And right. now it's trying to control like, the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now it's, you know what? You're clearly more in a hurry than I am. You, you're a jerk. Yeah. You can go on ahead and whatever. And now I'm farther away from your shitty energy. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. But then you never know, like maybe they are, they're trying to go to the hospital and they're, yeah. you know, or something. you have maybe no idea. Maybe their wife's or, having a baby yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah. And they're you know, they're, they're frantic. So yeah. it's like you also have to think of that, you know, their brother got into an accident and you're mm-hmm. racing to the um, Yeah, you hospital. can't assume
1: anything. Yeah. I mean, more than likely, people are just jerks and trying to get there faster. But (laughs) (laughs) Right, like the ones when there's like a merging lane and they like get all the way to the front. You're like, come on, people. Well, I've
0: actually heard there's an article where it's called the zipper method and you are supposed to do that. And it actually is supposed to speed up traffic more Mm. if if everybody does split up and go into that other lane that's about to close. But then the rule is, is every other person should be going. Nobody follows rules like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the courtesy of it. And then traffic would smooth uh, and, and go faster. But everybody gets over because that's the polite thing to do, to already be there. And then we all think they're jerks going in the front of the line. But technically... That's, well, but
1: there's also the time when, like, there's a bunch of jerks doing that, and then you're in that lane, and they're just... You're sitting there, and, like... Because everybody's letting them go. Everything. Yeah, because... Well, you don't have a choice because they're just coming in so fast. Right. So they're nosing in, and... I, yeah. yeah, there's that, too. We also have a traffic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called I-25 and 70. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh Tell no. me about it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... What, what I kind of want to do, I was trying to be really organized in my thoughts with this because I know I'm all over the map and I don't have my teacher training materials in front of me. And
0: but, I noticed you started making more arrows. Yeah, I
1: drew lots of arrows because I want to make sure all of it's on there. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, one of the questions that you would asked when we were talking about this was how much we should make as yoga teachers. Yeah. We were talking about the energy of money earlier, so I kind of want to back up for a yeah, second. Yeah, for sure. So what I know that you did privates for a while. What were you? So I was really just teaching friends.
0: And okay. so I didn't really uh, charge them a whole lot. I want to say it was like $40. It was two of them, a married couple. And so it was 20 bucks per person. Yeah. Um, but they bought a package, right? They were with you on a regular basis. Yes. And so it was like a weekly, every other week kind of thing. Um, <laughs> there was one time I showed up. And they forgot that it was my Wednesday to come over. It was like Wednesday mornings mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, they were on their way to go skiing. And she just handed me money and said, I'm so sorry we're on our way skiing. Here you go. Uh-huh. Thank you for, you know, showing up and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to take your money. And, no, 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 no. Take it. Take right. it. Well, you just that fun. time out. Yeah. Right. And um, so, otherwise, I had some other people interested um, but one guy, he, I didn't feel comfortable, huh. uh, going to his house. And that's the other thing like that I think we should also talk about is, do you go to a stranger's house or really? is it safer? I mean, are you any safer going to a studio if it's still just you two? I mean, you could still get slaughtered in, in the yeah, studio. I where you go with um, But that's exactly what I think of all the time. Um, but it's, he made me feel very uncomfortable, um, he had money uh, and he didn't want me to, ch- I was going to charge him, I, I want to say it was like 75 for him and his wife mm-hmm. who I felt. I'm not sure existed. Oh. And so I said, you know, I was like, okay, 50 for you if your wife wants to join 75. Because I wanted, I I knew that he had money and, mm-hmm. um, not, not saying that, but almost like a sliding scale, really, and that he was interested in starting a practice, and now I'm going to Evergreen, which is a little oh, bit farther, yeah. into the woods, and at their house, and, um, and then he would. Well, I don't know. That seems expensive, and it's like, well, it's actually not. It's and I'm thinking time. God. And you only
1: offered it for, to do it for fifty dollars, yeah. right?
0: And it's like, well, it's actually really not. Uh, but you know, I also have to drive. It's gas money too. Right. It's there's a lot going on than just me showing up, and uh, so, and then he would text me and just as just before I'm going, and I'm not feeling very comfortable. Um, oh, we, I can't make it today. Can you, can we do it at like one or two o'clock on Sunday afternoons? And I'm like, no, no, sorry. I mean, I would love the money but it needs to be my time, not right. your time. We have, I mean, I like get that usually agreed upon time. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like more like nine or 10 a.m. So mm-hmm. I can have the rest of the day. And he yeah, that, cu- that totally ruins one day. o'clock is right in the middle. So no, thanks. I don't, that's not my, my time is not free at that yeah. time. And that isn't what we agreed on. And yeah. so I just, at, at that point I was like, you know what? I'm so I've just ended up, Ignoring anything else he sent, which didn't take long. It was like two more texts. Hey, you you think you can do it this weekend? And it's like, no, I'm busy this weekend. Um, yeah. I'm teaching someone else or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, and then I never heard from him again. So it just didn't make me feel comfortable either. So yeah. honestly, I really outside of friends <laughs> haven't taught to strangers, and
1: I am a little um. Yeah, President. I don't I don't think you should ever do in home privates unless there are people that you've been practicing with you know, have been practicing with you at a studio on a regular basis that you've formed a relationship with. That I am very much. Yeah, invent. this was a random person. Yep. Yeah. I would never nope, I would be like, Yep, you can meet me at this studio. This is you know, at this time and these are the times that are available and I, and there's a staff on and you check in with them. Yeah. And that's how I felt too. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. I never
0: realized that. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I haven't, I don't know. I've ever told anybody that this is
1: probably two ish years ago. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you did the right thing. Like follow your gut. It didn't feel right. No. Um, at all. And so that, yeah, I mean, so when we're, well, back to the money side of things, though. Um, so you think that was too? I don't think. I think that because some know, people will charge
0: two hundred dollars for. Well, it an depends hour on what you're
1: doing, session. and it depends on how pompous you are. Um, no, yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of teaching privates. I don't like teaching privates for it's a lot of energy to expend for one person. I love doing mentoring sessions. So people are already teachers that are working on their practice and uh-huh. their business. I love that kind of stuff. If it's just somebody who. Um, you know, that wants to deepen their level of practice, I will probably pass that on to somebody else because that's not the stuff that I'm interested in teaching right now. That's just my personal opinion. I used to do a lot of privates um, at my studio And it was convenient because it would be in the middle of the day and I could just, like, you know, on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would have, like, you know, six privates or something throughout the day. Right. So, it worked for me then, but what I was realizing was that... Well, and it was your studio. Well, and I was also... Yeah, so I didn't have any overhead other than the space, which I was already in. Right. But um, what I was realizing is that I was expending a lot of energy on one person when the amount of money that I could be making and expending money on multiple people... I mean, I think I just... In my head, I was leveling up a little bit and some people really love teaching privates and I'm not poo-pooing that at all. I know a lot of people that make really good income. I mean, you know, a lot of people work backwards from like, okay, I want to teach 10 privates a week Mm -hmm. and you know, each one of those privates, I will charge a hundred dollars. Well, they're making good money, you know, making four grand, it's not like four grand a month or something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there's those instances but I I realized very quickly after teaching a lot of privates for a couple of years, I was like, my time is better spent growing and marketing my business to get my classes full so that mm-hmm. I don't have to be here all the time. And that's what I did. That was my strategy. So instead, I was marketing all of your guys' classes that were teaching and filling those, you know, filling those classes. And then I was making three, four, five times as much. And I was in my studio three, four, five times as less.
0: That's interesting
1: because yeah. then that
0: makes me wonder. So then uh, not saying it in a mean way, but like, okay, well then you're just thinking about money because it's
1: a business instead of helping people yeah. try to well, do Well, that's yes. interesting because... You gotta without a doubt, like don't don't misunderstand me. Like I love teaching yoga. Well and but I'm that's gonna what make people my living yeah, exactly. too. If I'm gonna make my living, I'd like to do it in a conscious manner, whether More it's teaching efficient. yoga or working with an eco friendly product. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> well and, and you could also encourage those people to take a class. Yeah. I, but and
1: maybe they're just too shy or I'm not embarrassed gonna, or something like I that. And I have it all of don't... those all of those students off to my teachers in the studio. So I was still making revenue off of them because right. then these teachers were paying me rent on that time that I was usually teaching them. Mm-hmm. And those teachers were stoked because they got, I mean, I literally hand set them clients. And right. I mean, I know that I know that one person in particular is still practicing with that same person to this day. And that was oh, wow. six or seven years oh, ago. Wow. So, you know, like I helped encourage a relationship and it works really well for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still have that relationship with that student, but it's in a different capacity now.
0: I think what the great thing is about privates is that you can really just focus on one thing for the day or something like the couple, my friends that I was helping with, um, with their practice, they really didn't do a whole lot of yoga or anything. Sorry, I'm rubbing my arm. (laughs) Um, And Sarah's pointing at me, don't you rub your arm. Ugh, a stupid recording. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But what I enjoyed about it was that they were just trying to get more flexible and going to a class with a bunch of people around, they didn't feel that they were they getting the personal, they yeah, and, and yeah, in that flow and not, and so I would do a lot of things that they could do while they were sitting on the couch and, you know, almost like a lot of restorative poses mm-hmm. for them too, and we would do a little flow, but right. um, for the most part, you know, the, the one gal was a, um, like a, oh, what are they called? um. She was a fitness instructor, but oh, like a a boot camp style, Um, but not really ever calm, you know, never calmed the mind, never uh, tapped into the flexibility, although her body was flexible already, um, just naturally. And her husband's was not. And he didn't really know anything about it. So it was kind of cool to have them both in class. So it was also probably a bonding experience. And it was for them, too. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't mind that. I enjoyed that um, just to watch them grow uh, mm-hmm. in their own, something in their practice that they had, didn't even have. So I didn't
1: mind teaching them. But I, I see what you're saying about... Here's the thing. And we we actually asked some, te- you know, some people on our Facebook group if... Yeah. You know, if they were full time or part time teachers, and somebody asked a really good question, well, what makes a part time teacher? Like, are we looking at like the twenty or forty hour work week? And you know, my answer, my response was, well, if you're making your sole income, and you're, you might be supplementing with something else, but your 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 main income source is your yoga teaching, mm-hmm. and I'd say it was pretty split you know, as far as people making their income off of, you know, part-time yoga or full-time yoga. And the way they look a part-time person is they probably have a day job and then like you right Right. now and they're teaching on the side and they're enjoying it and they're loving it and they're living it and breathing it. Um, And then there's the full-time teacher who, you know, is hustling day in and day out and maybe they have a part-time job on the side that, you know, might help them pay the bills. Um, one of the other things I was really interested in is whether or not um, their side hustle job, if they had more than one job, if it was yoga related. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so what's
0: interesting is like, you there know. There were. And people, yeah. it was all like, oh, I have three jobs. And one of them is, may not be yoga specifically, but it would still
1: be like massage or Reiki. Exactly. Or something. And so it was like along these in lines. In wellness uh huh. And then, or it's like, oh, I do accounting for yoga businesses, or right. I do um, social like right now. One of your media. side gigs, you do social media for a yoga company. Yeah, right. And it's like that's supplemental. Right. Um, it's part of your you know quote unquote yoga practice. Right. You um, you're getting paid for it, and so like coming back to getting paid, like you know when you said oh maybe people will look at you turning those clients down because you're you're running a business well fuck yeah i'm running a business i ran that business as a single mom right and you know i always joke around that there's there's usually um there's like three types of teachers there's there, there's well there's a few more than that but the the ones that i um had seen running yoga studios at the same time that i was and that are still kind of running yoga studios the ones that are wildly successful are the ones with the really supportive partner and spouse. Yes. And, it, you know, their husband's an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, and they teach yoga full-time. Now, whether that full-time means that they're really making a full-time salary, I don't know. But I, um, I know of plenty of yoga studios who are run by women who have husbands that probably cover the majority, if not all, of the bills at home. And they can cover the bills at their studio and probably have some money left over.
0: And this isn't a blanket statement.
1: So no. before somebody
0: gets offended by that one. Look at yourself and see if you are that person. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you get
1: to say, thank you, honey, for letting me do this. Absolutely.
0: Because, because you have that opportunity and we don't. Um, and that's, that's how it is. Yeah, you
1: kiss the ground that man walks yeah. on or woman walks on, and say thank right. you so much for letting me follow my passion and my bliss. Right. Absolutely, um, but for but people that we do know and we've noticed that
0: that is their job, the, and we know some who are full time teachers that I mean they struggle because that is their source of income and they don't have that engineer yeah. spouse. Um, and so, and I I honestly feel like those are fewer, fewer and far between. Fewer and fewer now. In my experience, I feel like most of the people that are full-time yoga teachers do have something in their back pocket that's allowing them to be that way. I'm not saying everyone, just in our experience. (laughs) Oh, I will say the majority
1: in my experience. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, having a supportive partner spouse, that's one type of a teacher, there's also that like real go-getter right out of teacher training oh, where yeah. literally, and this was me 100%, um, as soon as I got laid off for my real job, you know, quote unquote real job, uh, I was like, well, I got to hustle and this is a great side gig right now until I get a real job again. And you know, 15 years later <laughs> take, and then, oh my God, it has been, I think. So what, what I think, um, that looks like is somebody that says yes to every class, every sub right. offer, every class that comes up. I mean, I was probably teaching, well, at one point I was teaching 27 classes a week.
0: Good gravy. Right.
1: But I was, uh, it gave me the experience and let me learn how to hustle sure. really taught me what worked and what didn't work real fast because, yeah. and you get. Really good, really fast. I was probably a horrendous teacher when I started. Well, we everybody is, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I, the problem is, I probably didn't know I was a horrendous teacher, you sure. know. Yeah. So, I am, I'm so glad that I did that and I had that hustle, but you know. It, those are usually the single person mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the person that just switched from their high powered career that they have a lot of money in the bank and right. they just now decided to, just, but they also know how to hustle. So they're out hustling right now because they know they got it. They've given themselves they a to this to in one to three years mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work, I'm going back to my day job. Yeah. So then there's that person and then there's a th- this third type of a person and this is kind of where I think I fall in. I think you're falling into it. Um, the diversified revenue stream, and you've heard me talk about it a lot, and um, I think it's really, really important to have a diversified re- revenue stream to teach so, you know, you don't get burnt out. I, I see some really amazing teachers that I love, and they're, you know, scraping by, and they're in their 50s, and it's because they still only teach, you know, mostly classes and maybe a couple workshops a year. And it's like, you got to refine your your method if you're going to make this a sustainable living and a sustainable practice. So when you have those multiple revenue streams, you know, I obviously decided to scale up to a studio at one point, but like right now, if we look at this, we've got, we're both, we both teach on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You have a side gig that completely 100% you found through yoga. It's a yoga product company that you're do so that you help with social media. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we've done retreats too. Mm-hmm. And then we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm in the same boat. I do retreats, I teach, I lead trainings, I do travel, a lot of travel teaching, and I have the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's a diversified source. The other stuff that I have is like a passive income. I've got articles online that have click, you know, I get paid per click, yoga classes online, or fitness classes online that, you know, when people watch them, I get paid royalties on. And those are the kinds of things I'm right now working on a few courses, online courses, to supplement my yoga teacher training stuff. And that's where you got to get smarter with your time because if I can do one thing one time instead of doing that one thing 10 times and make the same amount of money, like I got to do it. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm tired. I have a teenager, (laughs) Right. (laughs) a single mom. Like I want, I want to make sure that I still have that time and energy for my kid. And that's been the goal with me being a yoga teacher and owning a studio and having a yoga business this whole time is 100% up all of my efforts, when I gave it my all, when my kid was at his dad's, I lived and breathed and was at that studio, you know, 20 hours a day. And when my kid wasn't at his dad's, my kid and I were at that studio yeah, at least 12 that. hours a day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, my kid has grown up in the studio and he's really, you know, he's very sweet about it. And he says he's grateful about it. Um, <laughs> I know that when he was coming to early morning, 6am classes with me and I was carrying him into the studio and tucking him into the changing room, you know, I'm sure he didn't like that, but you know, you got to hustle, you got to do it, do what you do. But uh, some other options for diversified cl- um, income would be, you know, obviously teaching classes, workshops, trainings, festivals, pop-up events. And those are the ones like the goat yoga and brewery mm-hmm. yoga and the things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You were talking about privates, doing private classes. Yeah. That works for a lot of people. I'm
0: done. What do you think
1: about donation?
0: Or do you have a section for that? Yeah.
1: Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Let's, let's get through the diversified okay, income first. We've got, you've got private clients and you've also got corporate accounts. I mean, that's getting more and more prevalent where you go to somebody's workplace at noon and you do that. And there's more and more people having little yoga businesses that are like, I do, you know, because you you only have five work days in a week anyway. So Uh it's like, you can either teach all five of those Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Or you can have twenty of those and hire three other people to teach those classes with you, and you take a cut or percentage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what's that? Yoga wedding. Yeah, doing it with like Mm -hmm. bridesmaids—that's pretty common. uh Um, Obviously, yoga podcasting. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more and more of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're riding that wave. We are freelance writing, um, and then you know, eventually, like sharing. Maybe you have a new perspective that you want to share, and you're a good writer. Um, any kind of marketing, social media marketing, and then that also gets you into like brand ambassadorships and whether or not you Mm -hmm. can make money doing that. And right. I mean, it's none of it's easy. No, it's, it is hard work. Yeah. You know, additional modalities, like you were talking about earlier, like you can, you know, you're a yoga teacher and a massage therapist and a Reiki healer or whatever. Yeah. So having those different modalities, I know a lot of people who are psychologists, like therapists. Yeah. That also teach yoga, and now yoga therapy is growing. Well, even physical therapy. I have a really
0: good friend that's a physical therapist, and there's a lot of what she's learned that happened to be part of yoga in there, and that they were discussing even bringing that into the program. Right, and because that to me makes so much sense if you're doing physical therapy on yeah. someone to incorporate yoga. Teach them how to breathe while uh-huh. they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, all of these things, because she'll call me up and she's like, you know, oh, I have this patient that blah, 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 do you think, um, what What do you think maybe a yoga pose or something would be good for this? And sometimes I, I have an answer, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, is this legal? <laughs> right. um, but so... Yeah, I mean, it's starting to
1: infiltrate in other areas of work. Yeah, no, and I I appreciate it. I think it's only going to help. I I like the idea of the pie getting bigger. Yeah. Rather than, oh, my God, it's so oversaturated. Well, if it's oversaturated, find your niche. Like, what is it? Like, you really jive on um, restorative yoga, and you're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of that. Like, that helps. And then you also have the certifications in cycling, so you're doing the yoga and cycling combination classes. I mean, I think that those are really great because more and more people are going towards the heavy, hardcore, like power vinyasa, and they're forgetting about the other, like the slowing down part. Right. I mean, maybe I'm just generalizing again, but... No, I I feel like I see that. Yeah. And when
0: I start talking about slowing down and appreciating your body right now and taking Mm -hmm. these deep breaths, and this is why we're doing it, this is also, this is part of yoga too. It's not just the movements and think about what you're doing when you're moving, not just move. Um, Some people are like, what, what do you mean? You know, you can kind of see on their face is, what do you mean? I'm just, uh, I'm just here for the movement. Well, maybe, but hopefully I can change you and and you become a better student because you'll now
1: know why this is happening. No, totally. And I mean, what else? We've got online courses, we've got retreats, we've got... You know, you could even become, maybe you've decided that there's a retail product, there's a retail product that I would love to quote unquote invent. And I just, you know, I, it's been in my, my head toggling around for about three or four, well, probably like five or six years and I haven't, I can't say, what yeah, it don't is. say it, but you know, like maybe, maybe that's eventually where I go, like go to product marketing. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that you have to really recognize is. You're not just a yoga teacher. You're you're into customer service. Mm-hmm. I just totally. I have an itch on you're, my nose. You're picking ring. your nose. I know right now. it's really bad. Um, <laughs> I notice
0: I pick my nose, but I'm not. I'm picking my nose ring. Yeah. I'm messing with it. I'm like I'm actually like, picking my
1: nose. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm so. Uh, yeah. So, you know, just. Um, you well we were still talking about other income sources yeah so just I mean diversifying your income sources I know
0: there was somewhere else that was going on. I don't know that's no, right
1: I guess we do need wine to keep going No, it helps our digressions well I, I you know what it comes down to is you can't just teach in a studio unless of course you just want to teach a couple classes But, you know, coming back to those three types of yoga teachers that I was talking about, you know, the person that's hustling, the person that's diversifying, and the person that has a supportive spouse that doesn't need to make all that income. What I don't like to see, you know, you were saying donation yoga. Yeah. Um, So let's go to that. What I don't want to see is people undercutting each other. And I think that that happens all too often Mm -hmm. is... I see it with retreats all the time. I know one in particular, her husband, um, covers all their expenses and she travels the world and teaches retreats. And again, God bless her and lucky for her that she has that, but she's like literally covering the cost of her to go. And I know that, that there's websites out there like Trip Tribe that are like, oh yeah, you can advertise on our platform and you know, you get your free spot. And I don't know if Trip Tribe still does it like that or if they're even the right one to be talking about like that, but A lot of retreat centers will be like, oh, if you get 10 people on the retreat, then your spot's free. It's like, well, you're already charging me such an exorbitant amount of money. So if I'm already paying $2,000 per person and you're going to give me a free spot for if I bring 10 people to you. So I just made you, what, $20,000. Yeah. And you're going to give me a $2,000 room, right? quote unquote, right? right? But I'm actually the one leading the entire training. And working. So I'm not really getting a free vacation. You know, they, yeah. they call it a free vacation. Right. Like anybody that's done a retreat knows it's goddamn not. adult daycare. <laughs> it
0: is. It's hard work. And, and I
1: love it. But I, you know. It's hard work. It's
0: not just. How exhausted are we after a oh. retreat? Big time, yeah. And I mean, it was to the point where even though I loved everybody on it, the day that it ended, it was like, okay, bye. You guys yeah. need to get the
1: fuck out. Yeah, and it's funny because like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, you like, we're not like, talking we're, to you Yeah, guys. We're, like, we're, we're done we're not in you. charge. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: you can go wherever you want. Well, I don't know where to go. Well, you've had two weeks to figure it out. Right,
1: right, <laughs> right. You know the area. Yeah. yeah, I'll get you to the bus. I mean, station. it wasn't
0: quite like that because no. I do feel like if people do want to stay and travel. Sure, we can help them. Do we want you to
1: tag tag along?
0: along? No. Oh well that sounds really fun.
1: I'll go with you. Yeah. Yeah, but this is my time now. Right. Like I'm not hurting cats anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that kind of stuff happens. And, you know, again, that's like are you are you charging for your time? So undercutting undercutting someone if it's a retreat, if it's a class, you know, it's like I can't tell you how many times so I I generally charge about seventy five dollars. When I do a private lesson and I like, mm-hmm. I, as I said, I don't do them anymore, but I, I, you know, very rarely I will be like, yeah, okay. So I, then I get somebody that says, oh, well this person will do it for 60. Well then go to do, do okay, it with that person. Great. Cool. Yeah. What are their credentials? What are their, what's their experience? Because right. I'm bringing the knowledge that I have. And I've been somebody that you've enjoyed practicing with and I, and you've told me what it is you want to work on and I know what I can do for you. And this isn't a barter system. Nope. This is (laughs) not, not. yeah, this is not me trying to get karma points right now. If it is, if it's for my kid's school and they're like, can you donate some yoga sessions or, you know, there was a museum um, in Montana that I donated yoga sessions to, Right. you know, yes, that's me. That's me saying, I want to donate this. For this cause, yeah, and uh, and the money that you spend, whether it's ten dollars or one hundred and fifty dollars, goes to this school or this museum or this organization mm-hmm. or saves the whales or kills turtles. Exactly. I don't know, kills turtles, <laughs> save
0: the whales, kills turtles. Oh, yeah. Interesting, you say that since you are fearful um, of
1: turtles. Turtles are terrible people, whatever. Uh, terrible people. <laughs> no, so that's that's when I decide. But then I'm in charge. It's not yeah. like. You know i've I've also been to studios where it's like, oh, everybody has to teach the donation class. Well, that's great, but you have to pay me for that donation class. Uh, you know, as a studio owner, and that's what I did at my studios. We everybody had you know we had I think we had like forty teachers, and it was like right. everybody has to teach a studio class, even at the multiple studios, that left it so that people were only teaching like three a year. okay, so you had to pick three, and you had to pick the day. So it's like you had three classes you had to teach on a Sunday at noon you know, a at a donation, okay. but guess what? I still paid you your rate. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? But see. the donation, everything from the actual class went towards whatever cause. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like I I've donate, I've
0: done donation classes when, um, oh shoot, I can't remember what hurricane was going through like Texas okay. uh, a couple years ago and I randomly put out a Facebook, whatever they're called status, I yeah. guess saying, hey, would anybody want to come meet me at this time on Saturday afternoon in the park for a donation yoga class? And I'm going to give it, and I showed them where it was going. Yeah. It's this animal shelter. Um, and, like uh, in, the, in the wake of the storm. Yeah, uh-huh. and so because they were just getting fl- flooded, literally, yeah. with animals coming in. And so um, what I thought was interesting is People were handing me $100 bills and $50 bills yeah. versus if I would have just said, hey, does anybody want to come into do do a, a donation class with me? I oh, would have yeah. probably gotten a $5 bill, a $10 bill or nothing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting when it's going to a cause, people will give more money. But if you're just like, hey, I want to teach yoga just to make myself practice more yeah. teaching or whatever the reason I feel like doing it. Yeah. Then you can't really expect to, somebody's not going to pay you anything and somebody else might give you a 20 and then that offsets that other person. Ten bucks a person. Yeah, but I also noticed too in the park you can't ask for money.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 why they
0: are donation just in case people are wondering why. They're either free or it is donation because you can't charge people.
1: Right. You're talking about like public parks. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I mean that then maybe you're, um, maybe you say that I'm donating, you know, all but 10% today of, of Mm -hmm. my proceeds because you want to make a living too. And that's okay. That's okay to do that. But you know, you also get to pick and choose. You saw a need to help this animal shelter and in because of the storm. so you did it. But Mm -hmm. you know, if, if somebody is saying, Oh, Hey, Would you like to lead this teacher training? It would be such an honor with, you know, to do it. And you're getting karma points and it gives you experience. It's like, no, you need to pay me for my time. Even if I negotiate with you that my time is only worth $10 an hour right now, I still need to make something. Right. You know, it's like, if you want to help me organize this, I'm going to get, you know, you, you still have to have a quote unquote exchange of energy. It's an exchange of money. So you know, if you're helping out an additive. exchange in hugs. Mm-hmm. Well, if you agree <laughs> to that.
0: Right. If but, you're okay with not making money, but you're also letting maybe new teachers be aware that you could be also be taken advantage of. Yeah. And if you don't
1: feel comfortable with it, then don't take it. Exactly. And then... and I But know if you lot, are comfortable with it, then take it. And I know a lot of festivals will give you, like, oh, you get a free pass if you come. Yeah. But that's the same thing, like, uh, teaching at a retreat. It's like, I just paid to get here. Yeah. I am literally working my ass off the whole time. And you're going to give me two, you know, quote-unquote, you're giving me two grand. Well, really, that room that you're giving me is only $165 a night. Right. You know, based on X number of nights, you know. So maybe if I'm... it's even that. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> I'm only getting, you know, $1,400 or mm-hmm. something. And I think that we just all... The rising tide lifts all boats. We all have to recognize what our worth is. And yes, you know what? I've never heard that expression. The rising tide really? lifts all boats. That's like, oh, that's my jam. Yeah.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah. You all like, we all yeah, have no, to wait, come wait. up together if we if we <laughs> I can't believe you've never I enough.
0: love that. Yeah. So, and you just said it so like no 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 the time. <laughs> the rising I've tide. Never yeah. heard
1: you say that in really? the Eighty mm-hmm. years that I've known you. Eighty years, my and my <laughs> um, Well, it's true though, because if we can all decide that our teaching is worth something, and yeah. you know what, my teaching is gonna, you know, probably be worth a little bit more money than the new teacher graduate. Or,
0: well, yeah, and then somebody that's a yoga
1: therapist that has a background in psychology and therapy, their time's going to be worth different than somebody who's a Reiki healer or, you know, and I think that we just all have to admit that and, and stop, stop going with the lowest common denominator. I get, I, I I appreciate it when scholarships are offered to Uh things and work trade for people that really truly do need it and want it. And again, it's a conversation that you've been had. But those work-trade situations I'm thinking of are for, like, you know, getting free classes at a studio. Yeah, I would clean... And again, those, you know, from a tax perspective, it still has to be declared on both sides. Yeah, I
0: I cleaned at the one studio I was teaching at. um, Every every week I would clean in exchange for free classes, and then it ended up being that they needed a restorative teacher. And or, ended up getting you a gig. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So because I was there all the time anyway and I even still continued to clean for quite a while um, just because I didn't mind doing it. And I, I think they also did have a policy where if you only teach one class you can only take so many mm-hmm. classes as a teacher
1: there. They wouldn't let you. And that's decide. their incentive to get you to teach more. Correct. Yeah, but I knew great. that I really couldn't Mm -hmm. and I would sub I would sub other classes when you could yeah
0: and uh so I just continued my cleaning job with them and it it didn't bother me it was you know like Sunday morning or something so
1: it wasn't a big deal but well I think that no matter what we need to ask for money in exchange because you know Mm -hmm. you're not going these people are not going and learning the spirituality and the practice on their own you are guiding them through it and you've paid to get there You've paid. Mm-hmm. I know I've got thousands and thousands of dollars invested in my education. Oh, so I thought you were going to say I. I know I've gotten thousands and thousands of dollars from you alone. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, not really all at once because you <laughs> let me.
1: have such You're like legal. I have four nickels and a peanut in my <laughs> pocket. You're like that's
0: good. You but can count get on that. But. but but you weren't really like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you were like that to everybody. So back at you know your money your time is money (laughs) um however with that said your generosity let me and and you did have payment plans yeah and and I did I think I was on those payment like the same payment plans as everybody else but I think you were
1: like really generous with offering that but I think I also I think we talked about this in the teacher training episode when I met you and I saw you showing up there's right. plenty of people that talk about showing up and talk about wanting to do stuff, but then like you have the books on your shelf, you're showing right. up and you're taking the time to learn on your own. Also, to me, I, I have two people with scholarships in this next teacher training I have coming up mm-hmm. and you know what? They both are so dedicated and so excited. They're not free. They're getting discounted. Um, yeah, they're getting discounted teacher trainings because I still need them to understand that my time is worth something and yeah. that I am honoring that. You know, I have offset those scholarships with income from another source before. This is the first time I'm actually just like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, give you this discount and this is what it is. Nice. So, you know, but but them still having to pay something reminds them they still have to show up and they have to be present and they have to be part of it. And part of that scholarship is that they have to do a little bit extra work for me. So their job... During teacher training is to sign everybody in, make sure everybody's accounted for, make sure the studio's clean when we leave. Those are their jobs. Nice. Every, you know, each weekend. Yeah. And I think that works really well. I've, I've done it so that the the trade thing before, you know, with the scholarship and it's... I think it makes you feel good. more proud too. Like you're
0: owning it yeah. at that point. I don't I mean, yeah, t-
1: you know, because you have something to offer me as a cleaner and as somebody who can do the administrative stuff that... I don't want to mess with while I'm thinking about teaching this course. Yeah. And so that's helpful. But yeah. um, I, I strongly believe, and of course it's going to vary widely across the country because I know in Montana I can't get quite as much as I can in you know Colorado uh-huh. for my services. But I think that if you charge less than a dollar a minute of your time as an entrepreneur, you are undercutting yourself. As and a what? Uh, as an entrepreneur. As a what? It's our favorite word, entrepreneur. <laughs> Uh, Pioneer. Pioneer. Entrepreneur. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I think that it's really important that we all decide that we're not going to make less than 60 bucks an hour, people. And I don't care if you just graduated from teacher training. You have that piece of paper that says that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You might be a real shitty teacher, but you've got to start somewhere. And as soon as you start charging what you think you're worth, you're going to meet that worth. So, uh...
0: From a studio perspective, how much do you think people, because this comes up Ooh. a lot on social media platforms, in yoga groups, yoga teacher groups, hey, I just started teaching what is my worth? Is it a dollar a student? Is it after eight students, you are up to dollar fifty per student? Or is it a flat rate of you get paid? $20, $25 yeah. for the hour, no matter who shows up. It's different for every studio. Because I, I've had that, yeah. yeah, it has been different. Every single studio I've worked at is very I different. I think that
1: the studio, I know that in the beginning of my studio, we did a 50-50 split. So I I took mm. 50% of the class, they took 50% of the class. Mm. Later on, the paperwork, as we grew, it just got out of control. And then I started, to, you know, you started getting per head. And that's kind of the model that we went to. Now, as I go deeper and deeper into it, the model has to also include a base rate for your time. I think so, too. At least a minimum wage base rate. It might be $9. Right. I don't know. I agree. But you you showed up. You're committed. You don't have anything else that you've scheduled in this place. Yep. Yep. And, and then, yeah, you had to drive to get there more than likely or bike or whatever. And we had a really good rate. We didn't do a base rate, but we, you know, all my teachers started out at between four and 425 per mat for students that showed up. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a great income if you have 20 people in class. I mean, that's good.
0: Absolutely. And
1: then, you know, our bikes, I think we were at 12 and Mm -hmm. we sold out our bikes pretty consistently. Oh yeah. I mean, it would be a three
0: week wait list. Yeah. You would really have to parse out what classes you wanted to take for the next three weeks and show up. Yeah. Yeah. Because Because they charged you if you didn't, you sure (laughs) did. Again, you got to be business. I mean, Here's the thing, well, it ha- kept people accountable and mm-hmm. you, where I work now, it's a two hour cancellation, which time. is very, yeah, because I'll, I'll look on the schedule and I'll have 10 people signed up and then two hours before class, six yeah, of them will drop hour. out, right? Yeah. Because they decided to go do something else. And I remember yours was 12. Yeah. And you had to know the night before yep. for morning classes. And I even remember like there would be a few times where I would go out. And I'm like, uh oh, I'm a little oopsie. I got drunk. Mm-hmm. What time is it? I, I need still got to gotta get there at seven. Yeah, I was like, I need to cancel my class right now. Yeah. if I don't, I'm gonna or you, know, you come hungover or I come. Yeah, I mean, which I've done that before too. Yeah. So I'm like,
1: no, nah, I'm not gonna get
0: charged. I'm <laughs> not gonna get charged for not learning anything. Yeah. yeah, so
1: so yeah, I mean, you have to learn that you are not just a teacher. You are an entrepreneur in the sense that you are on all the time. Yes. Okay, like I said last episode. You're in line at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody's talking about their bad back. Oh, I teach yoga. Here's my card. You know? Right. I should um, do that. I don't. Yeah. I don't even have. That oh, answer. we're going to get into that. I had I cards. Okay. So. This is know, another eight hour podcast. I know. This is going to be a, like, maybe a, a 6 card <laughs> Yeah. It might I, guess, I love this. But you know what's funny is I have, like, a. 20 hour yoga teacher training on this, so so it might be 20 (laughs) 20, hours. No, I'm really trying to condense it, that's why it feels so unorganized. But you know, you have to, you're an entrepreneur, so you have, you're a teacher. You're usually an administrator in some sense of the word because you've got to make sure how to, that you signed everyone and and you are yeah. accountable yep. you're a marketing maven you have to be able to you know like I said last week, if you are the best teacher in the world, if they don't know that you're teaching it, then it doesn't really matter no right you have to um uh you have to be really good at time management, right? Mm-hmm. That's another skill that you have to bring in. And so you're doing a lot just to show up for this quote-unquote hour or 75 or 90-minute class. Well, yeah, you're, you're creating a sequence, a playlist, getting there. Yeah. And then, yeah. And your time is valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that um, when it – no, for yoga – Yes, donation. If that's what you decide, but the donation is not from you as you're donating your time, unless it's for an organization that you've decided and you believe in. I agree with that. But it's not like a for-profit thing either. Like yeah. I'm not going to go and donate my time to, the, you know, to the fun run because my studio has a booth there. The studio needs to pay for me to teach at the fun run, even though the studio is donating my time. Right. You know. So there's there's this weird gray area. True. I mean, think about it. Would um, you know, you're an archaeologist. What if, what if your boss called you and was like, hey, there's this event, and I need you to go, but we're not going to pay you. And you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to do this, this, or this in that amount of time. The Yoga has time. a huge turnover. I want to say, like, the average teacher only teaches for two years. And that's... Same as an archaeologist. Isn't you're, that crazy? You're really only in it for about two years, yeah, and, it's and your lifer. that's pretty common. And two years, I see a lot of turnover. If you've made it past the two-year mark, you know, let's see if you can get to five. Yeah, yep. Yeah, <laughs> and the, and exactly I guarantee you, within after those two years, if you're still working in a studio, you will not make it to five if you're just doing no. studio stuff. Two years is that mark of like, okay, now... I've had some experience and right. now I can start making Now are you talking full time? Full time. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I still just do studio stuff because
0: yeah. I'm part time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, just to clarify uh, for people No, for people like who, yeah, yeah, Oh, no. I've I've been doing this for so many years and I'm still just teaching in a studio. But but they only teach maybe once a Exactly, week. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and that, maybe that's all they want to do.
0: Yeah. And it's just for fun. It's not I would like else. to branch out. Um, I just feel like I can't dedicate if, if I don't well, we dedicate like, a lot of time to this. We, right. So my priorities aren't in order.
1: Yeah. Well, or they are because we, we are
0: priority right now. <laughs> this, right? That's true. But I would like to branch out and do, I don't know, something else. Yeah. I don't know what that is or what that looks like, but I feel like if I can't dedicate that time to myself to figure that out, then mm-hmm. why do I, what is it that I want to do? Yeah. So I don't know. I would like to be more involved. Good, I think.
1: Well, let's. So I want to just touch on the whole whether or not you're sole proprietor or an LLC or whatever. Yeah. And this is going to vary state to state for a lot of people um, as far as taxes go. Whether you're, we talked a little bit about employee or contractor, talk to an accountant, talk to a lawyer. Uh, we are neither. <laughs> we we just play one on TV. <laughs> You know, if you're teaching and you're getting an income and you want to have some tax write-offs for all those cute yoga pants that you buy and for your drive time of, um, you know, if you're traveling around and teaching, um, definitely become an LLC. Get an EIN number through the federal, you know, get a federal EIN number. Set up a bank account and get paid to that business. Put all of your money into that account and you can pay yourself out of it. You can pay, you can expense everything out of that account. I have a credit card that I use specifically for all my yoga stuff and it really helps me Differentiate. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll dip and do you know Mm -hmm. the stupid shit, and then later I'm like, ah, what an accounting nightmare. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're so, you know, it also takes a little bit of the liability off of you. We talked about insurance last week, right? But um, you know, if you're just teaching at the gym down the street or a studio or three studios, but you know, maybe just three classes a week, then that's up to you. If the studio is paying you as a contractor, and again, you want to look at your local laws and find out you know if you really are a contractor, then That you know, then that's up to you. If you, I would recommend if you're the contractor, that means the liability is on you. Then that means you should probably set it up as a you know some sort of business entity. And then if you um, are an employee, then really there's nothing you need to do. You just show up, you teach a class, you have a good time, you leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit that one over the head, but I do encourage any of my students that are in teacher training that want to become more than just a part-time couple days a week teacher to do that, have that set up and in place because there's nothing harder than later kind of going back and being like, Oh, did I, you know, what should I have been doing for this? Or what did I pay for? Or, you know, like I, I will tell you from experience, I never thought I would be a full-time teacher. That was Mm -hmm. never, I, I had a really great career in, um, you know, in, in the media marketing, like television realm. And when I got laid off, I did this for a fun side gig to make some money and generate a revenue. And like I said, I was teaching like 27 classes a week at one point. And then I realized, oh, fuck, I need to, like, I need to backtrack. And now I have an income of, you know, at that year, maybe 30000 that year. And it's like, oh, shit, I, I have a lot of tax liability now. I need to write shit off. And so I was, like, scrambling to go back through bank records and be like, okay, I bought yoga pants. I bought a bunch of blocks. Oh. I bought a bunch of blankets. I bought this. I bought that. I traveled here and there. Right. And, you know, limited my tax liability a lot. And so that's that's when you want, if you're a contractor and you want to limit your tax liability, that's what you got to do. And... I know that we have this thing that we're
0: going to share. We, yeah, but I don't know. I was just looking through it. What is it? Well, I think it's just really more about your niche. Yeah, niche, niche, niche. If we want to talk about it, Um, but I think a lot of it is just. I mean, I can, I can, I can read it. I can read it off. So who is Is it? It's Judith Lassiter. Yeah. Uh huh. So we found it online, and
1: it's called Core Concerns in Teaching Yoga. But it, I think it's a, it's you know, if you're wanting to be a better teacher, because, you know, obviously you have to be a good teacher if you're going to sustain yourself in this business as well. Like that's that's mm-hmm. a given. And so I think these are more like tips on how to be a good teacher, right?
0: They are. Um, I agree with number eleven, which I haven't said yet. Um, but that's interesting. Are you how long? Let she us says. know what it is <laughs> now. Nah. I'm just going to have my own conversation. Okay, sure. Uh, number one, create a safe environment. I think that was kind of touched on with the yoga alliance oh, yeah, stuff from ethics. Mm-hmm, last time. Teach people, not asanas. Mm, and I think that's then? really, really great. That's like um, teaching to what you see, right? Yeah. She's like, look at each person individually and teach to that person in that moment. It, they all should be taught as individuals. Um so I yeah I agree I think um, oh this is one I do all the time use humor <laughs> oh, yeah we're pretty good at that I I am definitely very uh, in my classes you know it's like find your balance and I'm I'm talking to myself with that because I'm about to fall out right I'm not talking to well, you I, talking to me it's,
1: it's like people take the practice so seriously so it's like serious. you can kind of you know the people that want to laugh will laugh and the people that are gonna take it really seriously are probably not even gonna hear you say it yeah.
0: Um, inspire and challenge rather than coerce and correct. Yeah, that's good. So I don't, she says, I do not like the word correct applied to teaching. Um, correction implies that there is something wrong with the student and that they are, uh, less worthy unless they get it right. Unless they throw extra chaturangas in when you don't want them to. Right, and then I tell them, stop it, stop that right now. I just put my foot right on their back and say, you stop.
1: T Rex does not like chaturanga. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
0: Okay, number five, balance focusing on technique with allowing students to experience the deeper spirit of the pose. Yeah, I think that's also very, very true. And she goes into, um, the Yoga Sutras. Um, okay. Da, da, da. You can find this online. Every class. I'm just doing the, the bold sentence. Um, wait, what the is front- this called? It's called Core
1: Competencies or something.
0: Just so people can find core it. Core Concerns in Teaching Yoga. Okay. By Judith Lassiter. Okay. Uh, number five. Balance focusing on technique. Oh, wait. I did that one. Um, <laughs> number six. Every class needs some repeti- repetition and something new. Yeah. Like that, yeah. It's it's true. It's it's nice to go into that muscle memory and yep. you're getting into that somatic pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the breathing that starts to come, and then and then the teacher throws in something else, and right. you're about to go into that one thing, and it's like the oh, We're not doing that. Yeah. Okay, all right. And your brain's like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, because you're almost you're in this you're in your meditative zone. state, and then now you're pulled out of it,
1: which I think it's great. To I think both are great, but or you're you're finding you're you're finding your way to stay meditative. when you're pulled out like right when and that's like taking it off the mat like when that asshole driver gets in front of you right right. (laughs) totally um number seven
0: listen to the student rather than just telling him her what to do so uh yeah sure like what what they need right now trust your intuition reading the class I think is really what that means um choose your words
1: carefully I think we're just talking about inclusivity with our, the way we yeah. speak and, mm-hmm. yeah, and our tone. hmm Okay. Keep instructions simple and clear. Yeah, and I do something called the five-part cueing method, which is just going to be a secret until you take one of my trainings. Oh. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe I'll share it. Maybe. I don't think it's a big secret. Maybe it is. A little bit.
0: Teach more complicated poses earlier in the class.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That's
0: interesting. Let's see. Um, and let the last class, I'm going to read this whole thing. Uh, it's not long. Let the, uh, for that, for number 10, teach more complicated poses earlier. Let the last part of the class be more simple. This will be more satisfying. Sometimes it helps to have a theme, a part of the body, for example, that you are focusing on in every pose. Another way to have a theme is to focus on an image that you repeat in each pose. Whatever you choose, allow the instructions... To become simpler as the students slow down and internalize their focus during class. I wonder about that. I don't. Uh, I would like to know what she means. But you a also more. have to remember
1: she's a, a restorative teacher. This is true. So maybe that is. So we're not talking about a peak vinyasa. Sequence yeah, where. that I would almost have to. But I think she's also talking that. about the way she cues it. So it's like if there's a pose that you got to move some blocks and some blankets, and you got to twist a little bit here and have your shoulder there and your legs here. Then maybe, maybe have a more simple, simplistic, maybe a more symmetrical pose on the, um, towards the end. I don't
0: know. I, it's yeah, take that has to be it. Okay. Um, because otherwise I couldn't imagine like doing well, Kahneman
1: splits at right. the beginning of class. No, and no, you not know, no, <laughs> Yeah. But you know, you know what? I forgot that you're right. You, you know do. what else though? If you really think about it, when you bring people down, like to start to restore and rest in a vinyasa class, like that you've done your peak and you're getting ready for Shavasana. I feel like naturally our our voice changes oh, I know, yeah. Does. and so I do talk less because they've had the whole class to contemplate and now they're kind of marinating in it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being I usually am a little bit more simplistic with my words like mm-hmm. if it's a gentle twist I'll maybe talk about the breath for a second mm-hmm. and then silence mm-hmm. and let the music take over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we already do that. That's probably...
0: I'm sure we do. And it's just a good reminder yeah. too. Um, then <laughs> number 11, which is what I was reading earlier to myself. Always teach Shavasana. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that she says, allow for 20 minutes for deep relaxation. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a nap. That's perfect. Yeah. How, how long do you, are your Shavasanas usually?
1: It depends on the studio. I teach a, a lunch express class. And it's usually only one song, which is about three to four minutes mm-hmm. because the class itself is so short. Mm-hmm. And I always let people know, like, hey, it is, you know, one o'clock right now. If and you we're maybe already, already halfway in, you know, and, or maybe maybe a minute into the and If you need to leave, take some time to come out. If you can stay for the whole song, please do that. And sometimes I'll put on, you know, I'll, I'll let people know, oh, the song is five more minutes. So that way they're, they're not like... Okay, if it's one now, how much longer is a song? You know? Yeah. So we're not thinking. Yeah. And I have found that when I give when I express that, my students stay mm-hmm. in Shavasana and I really appreciate that. Normally in a in a traditional studio environment, I'm used to teaching seventy five minute classes, then I usually allow like eight to ten minutes usually for that when I teach restorative it's usually about yeah 15 the entire 20. class <laughs> yeah yeah I do shabbat <laughs> at the beginning and at the end yeah uh-huh, I've done that before so
0: I um because my class is so short too I still try to at least leave three to five minutes yeah um but really important it is and I also think that it's uh, maybe the time of day. You probably don't want to do a five to ten minute shavasana first thing in the morning when people are about to go to work because they just woke up. You know what I do is I
1: change the tempo of my song a little bit. It's more a feat, maybe. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. still like a relaxing song, but there's some kind of underlying beat or tone that uh-huh. is energizing, rather restful. And I've I've just really kind of nailed that on the head in the last few nice. years I have to say yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I've noticed that in classes and I've done that because I love too. teaching
1: morning classes I prefer that over evening classes mm-hmm. it's just my style mm-hmm. is that
0: it uh one
1: last one is practice regularly and with love Ah, yeah I think whoa we didn't even touch on that we you have to practice you have to have your own practice self-care is a must and you need to offer yourself days off Absolutely,
0: really, really do. I have slacked on my own personal practice lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but feeling that call to go back to it, you know, sometimes you just have to walk away from it for yeah, yeah, a yeah.
1: minute. We'll edit flow.
0: Yeah, and just knowing how busy this summer was and everything else and just not feeling connected to anything so then
1: I wasn't oh, although really Gandhi would tell you to do it twice as much
0: I know <laughs> that's true yeah um but yeah when you're not feeling connected to anything except for time then it's yeah you just disconnect it was yeah very, I felt very disconnected all yeah, summer it changes your teachings mm-hmm. so. yeah so but I'm getting
1: back into it I think. well I've got a couple things left one, I peeled the heel of my skin oh, off. Oh, Let me see. Look at like... my foot. Look. <sighs> Ooh. Oh, wow. I know. Ooh. Touch that sucker. Oh my Did you god. hear any scraping noise earlier? It was my foot touching the, the fabric on the couch. Oh my god. I know. I just, just really want to nibble on that. I know you do. <laughs> what the so I gave it to you. It I just skin. gave Tally a piece of my foot skin. Foot skin, foot skin. Step it a little <laughs> close to foreskin. <laughs> oh, well. So here's here's the thing. These That's
0: are the, pretty this pretty is cool. what I want
1: you to do today, Tally, um, for your practice. If you, are, I mean, this isn't just for you, but this one of them is. And then I can't stop scraping the this. heel skin off of my heel. Hey, um, I, I am barefoot all the time, <laughs> and uh, so I wanted to just say. Those of you listening, if you're a new teacher or if you're feeling stagnant as a teacher, here's what you got to do today. Figure out what your niche is. Niche. 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 Yes. One of those. All three. Figure out all three of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and you need to create a website. Tally. I had a website. I think I just let it go. I do need to create yeah. a Yeah, create a website. Okay. Cards, something to market yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to create a website. You guys out there, you're going to find a mentor because that is, that's going to keep you in your practice. That's going to keep you talking about yoga. I know that that's what's kept Tally and I, um, inspired because we do these fucking gab sessions, usually Mm -hmm. over wine. Today it's over sparkling water. Mm -hmm. I also think it's really important. Go create a workshop and it might be a workshop that you are totally qualified to teach right now or one that you would like to be qualified to teach. But think of something that you would love to share with the world. Maybe it's about chakras. Maybe it's about handstands. And start to formulate that, whether you're just finishing teacher training or you're a seasoned teacher and you're trying to figure out what the next step is. But getting to that workshop stage is where you start to up-level your growth, right? Mm -hmm. You stop teaching just classes and you get into the workshop. And you work with your mentor on that. So whoever it is that you're bouncing ideas off of. This mentor might be paid or unpaid. I just want to make that really clear. There are people that I mentor that I... You know, we talked about um, privates. I don't do privates, but I do mentoring and, and help yeah. people. So I, I charge about $75. I mean, generally $75 an hour. And the hours is usually like hour 15, you know, where we work on practice and we work on method for building this. I do a lot of um, mentoring for people that want to learn how to do retreats. So find a mentor that is doing something that you love or teaching the way that you love. Uh, I teach a lot of people restorative yoga and mandala yoga, you know, the mandala method because they love the way that I teach and they want to learn how to teach that style. Yeah. And so if you can find that mentor and somebody that inspires you, it's going to get you back and connected to your practice, right? Mm-hmm. And then also just being able to have a conversation over tea with someone. So sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's unpaid. If it's unpaid, make sure that there's still an energy exchange, right? Like you and I have an energy exchange. We both learn stuff from each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we just drink wine together and gab, right? Wah, 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 wah. Except yes. for today. What? Except for today. Except for today. I know, we're so good. Sober September. September. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is uh, I really encourage you, if you are looking to kind of expand where you teach or if you're a brand new teacher, reach out to five studios today. Five studios that are either in your area or if, if you're visiting family back home and you know of a studio or you went to a studio and you just loved it, they might say no they might say yes, Mm -hmm. but just say, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm a teacher and I am developing this workshop and I would love to bring it to you on X date, or I'm a new teacher and I would love to come and audition or get on your sub list or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But if you give yourself that goal, create that list, right? So you're going to create your website and your marketing material, like your cards that you can carry around. You're going to find a mentor, create some sort of workshop in, you know, it might not be ready and formulated yet, but you know, what is it that you love to do? What is it like that you love to teach? And then contact those, you know, at least five studios. Because, you know, as a studio owner, we're not all great at business. And maybe all five of them don't even get back to you. So then follow up in a week or two. And maybe well, yeah, you're one, not your studio owners. You didn't go into business
0: school. You're not business. You're you're now a business owner because right? you're and a studio they have owner. to they have to be good right. at that and But, and, but people aren't yeah. usually. Like you didn't go in hmm. to own a studio, you owned a studio because you love yoga. The worst advice stuff. somebody can ever so. give you
1: is you're a great teacher, when are you gonna open a studio? Right. You know, like that that like prompt. It's like, no no you have to be really business focused and you think that it's hard being a yoga teacher right. and marketing your business. Try, try having to market for like 20 or 10 or yeah. you know, a bunch of other people. Plus right. you got overhead and you're taking care of your family or whatever. Right. So I guess that's it. I think we'll probably have lots to add to it. Um, yeah. At some point. Yeah, I think so. Hey, so are we doing a pose today? Yeah. We're going to do legs up the wall. What? What? It's so good. All right. One of my faves. Let's do it. You're teaching me, right? I am. All right. Don't fuck it up. I I'm trying not to. Okay. Okay.
0: Thanks. Okay. Okay. So we're going to. So cook. how do I
1: get to the law?
0: Well, I'm, I'm about to tell you. Oh, yeah. I am sorry. Somebody, somebody so is a little antsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we've only had water today, so I sparkling know. water. It sparkles. It does sparkle. It sparkles in my belly, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you can either get up to a wall, uh, If you, be mindful of any paintings or photos <laughs> on the wall as well, uh, and it doesn't matter, it could be your right or left hip. Get that hip close to the wall. You can also grab a blanket to place underneath your hips once we're in position, um, and it just gives a little leverage and uh, some cushion. So before Sarah falls asleep up against the wall, you can start to rotate towards the wall. So bringing, if you're on that right side, bringing your legs up and then scooch close to the wall. If if your bottom doesn't touch the wall, that's totally fine. And again, you can always place that um, blanket underneath your hips here for more leverage. So there are three ways that you can have your legs uh, straight up, up the wall, or you can have the soles of the feet touching each other and your knees are out wide, or you can have your legs out wide straight in a V and maybe play around in those positions. And you might change, uh, because you can stay in this pose for several minutes. I mean, even 10 minutes, I'll do that. Also, if you have, um, like a sandbag for yoga, not one for your car, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like a, a heavy heavy pillow that's made out of husks and things like that. You can place on top of your feet if they're straight up and near each other. That uh, adds a nice... Extra weight, and I love that too. Um, It's a very, very relaxing pose. I would also have um, your arms either out to the side with your palms facing up. That's one position. You can also have one hand on the heart and one hand on the belly if you would like that. Or you could have your arms out in a T or in a cactus gold post position where your elbows are at a 90 degree angle, and that really helps open up your shoulders as well. And again, I would suggest that you stay here for three minutes to 10 minutes and just relax. Maybe start breathing deeper into your belly here. And Sarah's falling asleep. Again, I would urge you to just stay in this position for several minutes. Um, you could even do it on your bed before bed. Uh, that's that's kind of a nice way to relax. <laughs> Sarah's snoring at this point. <laughs> uh, that's it, guys. It is, um, you just, again, stay here as long as you'd like. And that is our practice code for the day, legs up the wall. Uh, when you come out of it, you just gently slide your legs down and then you, <laughs> we heard a sneeze, <laughs> not from us. Um, slide your legs down off the wall and come back over onto that right or left side. And then you're kind of in like this nice little curled fetal position You could stay there for a moment as well. This has been Tally.
1: And Sarah.
0: (laughs) Thank you for practicing with us today. Namaste. And Rosé. Bye.